You know this whole thing about declaring your intentions? Does anybody know why we're so scared of declaring our intentions? Anybody knows why we're scared of it? Why are we scared of it? Now we have to what? We have to do it. So watch what happens with my son the other day, my eight-year-old son. I got my eight-year-old son and my 10-year-old son doing jujitsu right now. Bara jujitsu. Who here practices jujitsu or has in the past before? Yes. If you're a part of jujitsu and bara, how many guys remember when you do it or when you were doing it, that's all you wanted to talk about? Yes or no? It's like an obsession, right? That's all you want to talk about. So I take these guys to this place and they're doing jujitsu and they're going at it and they're getting their asses handed to them by everybody. Left and right. Tournaments. Losing, losing, losing. And it sucks, right? Finally, they're starting to make progress, and they're getting stripes. Every time they get a new stripe, it's 10 bucks. If they change their belt, it's 50 bucks. If they win a tournament, it's 100 bucks. And so they're going at it. So then they come to the house, and they're training with each other, and I put them in the club room, and we get a small audience of 10 people, and I say, go. And they go, shake hands, and then they go at each other. Next, you know, one's on the ground crying. The other lip is, you know, bleeding. No joke, guys. The house, it's a bad situation sometimes, but it's great for TV. It's great for TV. So my dad sits there, he's like, that was, you push a little too hard. I said, it's okay. They can stand up. You know, I said, okay, I'm going to stand up. So one moment, Dylan and Tico are fighting. They're going back and forth. And Dylan is up 7-0. And Tico doesn't care about Barra. Tico is up 7-0. And I look at Tico and I say, Tico, you going to let him beat you? And Tico does. If you challenge him, he'll respond, one more time, daddy. They go one more time. They go one more time, Tico beats him. So it's 7-1. And Dylan tapped out on this one. I said, Dylan, you're going to tap out? You're going to tap out? Do you remember the conversation we had at that one jiu-jitsu tournament about quitting? Because we had this tournament that, you know, something happened. And we took notes in my phone on exactly what happened afterwards. We take notes every time they have a tournament. So then Dylan comes back, and they're going out again. Now, Tico goes on a six-game win streak. So it's now 7-6, Okay. I was thinking about selling to pay-per-view because it was legit this time, right? <laughs> so at seven, they're sweating, wet, craziness. And then in one situation, Dylan decides not to tap out. And Tico takes advantage of the situation, goes a little too much. And Dylan gets up. He's crying. I said, why are you crying? I didn't want to tap out, but it hurt. I didn't want to tap out. I'm like, wow, this kid's getting tougher. So watch what happens four weeks ago. Four weeks ago, we're sitting there. And I like to talk to these guys. And Dylan says, Daddy, I said, what's that? He says, I will be the greatest fighter in the world. I said, what'd you say? You know, that to me is like, you're talking dirty to me when you say stuff like that. No joke. <laughs> to me, it's like, what? Because none of my kids have ever said that. They've never said, I'm, I will be the greatest. They've never said it. He said, Daddy, I will be the greatest fighter in the world. I said, say it one more time. He said, I will be the greatest fighter in the world. So I said, did you guys hear what he just said? He says, yeah, he will be the greatest fighter in the world. I said, let's go for a walk. So we're talking. You, you will be the greatest. Dad, I will be the greatest fighter in the world. So okay, cool. So we're talking what it takes and all this other stuff. Why did you want to think about this? Two weeks goes by, and we're at dinner again. I said, Dylan, what happened today to practice? Didn't you say you will be the greatest fighter in the world? I never said that. I said, okay, that's, that's the, you ask anyone that's worked with me for a few years, that's when we have conflict. The conflict you're going to have with me is what? When you declare and then you get scared. That's the only way you'll have conflicts with me. Don't declare if you're not committed to it and you're just excited for a moment. 
So he says, I never said that. I said, Dylan, you said you would be the greatest. I never said that. For Jennifer's in the kitchen. She's like, babe, it's okay. I said, no, no, it's not okay. This is a learning lesson. You can't say stuff like that. I'll be the greatest fighter in the world. I never said I'll be the greatest. I said, I want to be the greatest fighter. I said, no, 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 no. Nope. You said will. You didn't say want. You said you will. There's a big difference. I never said will. I said want. So this is the best part about having kids that call each other on. Tico says, no, Dylan, you said will. I'm like, awesome, Tico. Awesome. So now it's like back to running a base shop again, right? Nah, you said it. Should be quiet. I never said it. I said, okay. So now Dylan's crying, which is beautiful because he's having a moment. I said, let's go for a walk. I said, so what's up? I never said that. I said, Dilly, I've said stuff like that, but I got scared. Are you scared? Are you scared? Yeah. Okay, tell me why. Why did you change it from will to want? He says, well, because, Daddy, if I say will, I have to do it. But if I say want, I don't have to do it. Eight-year-old kid just broke down the difference between will and want. I'm 43 years old. This guy figured it out at eight years old. Here's the difference between will and want. Go to you. How many adults use the following sentence? I want to have a big house. No one cares. I want to be rich so I can retire my parents. Weak word. I want to be pampered for the rest of my life. No one cares. I want a nice car. Who cares? I want to have a house in the corner lot. Want has zero weight behind it. Starts with the same letter, same amount of words, four letters, same amount of letters, four. One has power, the other has no power. So I'm, 2001 would make me how old? What's 2001? Today's 2002. What's 2001? 21 years ago, I'm how old? 22 years old. I'm broke. You have no idea how broke I am. The camera goes on me for me to declare my intentions. And here's what this crazy 21, 22-year-old kid says here. If you can play this video. And this has a lot to do with what Tim Grover just said. Mark my words. By the year, by the time this year is over, next year this time, we'll get at least six figure or more. And anybody that comes on my team will get close to six figure or more. Most definitely, just because of teamwork. So we have a ridiculous team going. I'm 22 years old. I said that, right? <laughs> by the way, do you know when I walked away, what happened after I said that? I, I lost everything. <laughs> That's what's crazy. I lost my Ford Expedition. I'm $49,000 in debt. I go to a club in Burbank. All my friends are waiting for me. I'm going from this expedition that we would go to parties together with Rumi, the nickname of this expedition, literally the nickname. You can ask Paulette what the expedition's nickname was. You should text Paulette and Sia, Mike, right now if you have her number and say, hey, Paulette, Sia, what was Pat's old expedition's nickname? If you have their number, see what they'll tell you. It's called Big Mama is what it was called, okay? That's what it was called, so... So I would, by the way, you guys have to know a little bit about, my, about your CEO. Alexis would say, Pat, uh, do you really want me to give your Apple ID, you know, email to everybody? I said, Alexis, what do you want me to do? I've had this for a long time. Guys, my Apple ID username is Daddy1978. This is your CEO, okay? So this guy used to be a different guy 20 years ago. Daddy1978. Sam Bell the other day is trying to get my phone on all the, I, I, you know, systems. Our HR team is there. It's like, you got to use Pat's user ID. What is it? Daddy1978. 
Is that really, that's really his username. So anyways, so <clears throat> I'm sitting there. I'm going through all this stuff. My friends invite me to this club in, uh, in Burbank, not Giggles. Giggles was in Glendale. There used to be a club in Burbank like 20 years ago. And I was, it's right by San Fernando. It's, it was a nice club, so I go there. But I show up in my brand new, brand spanking new Ford Focus. And I'm talking Ford Focus. I'm talking Ford Focus, okay? I'm talking none, no AC, nothing, and it's no power windows. It's like power workout, right? I got nothing going on. And I would come out of a Ford Focus. And my friend, Armin, God bless his soul, he's no longer here with us. He comes up to me. He says, hey, where is the six figures? Where's the millions, Pat? Oh, I'm just shitting with you. So you know, friends, how they talk. Come here, bro. Good to see you. Let's go in there and have fun. All the friends are looking at me. It's the joke. There's the dreamer. Where's the millions, Pat? <laughs> Where's the millions, Pat? That's why you're afraid to say, I will. I read a quote the other day by Denzel. Whether he said it or not, I have no clue. But I'm reading you what I read on a site that says crown of a nation, and here's was the quote that they said Denzel said. I didn't say he said it. This says Denzel said it, okay? Your own family will talk shit about you when you're in the process of breaking all the generational curses. This ain't for the weak. This ain't for the weak. Some of you guys got some generational curses that you haven't broken yet. Let's address some of the generational curses. What are some of them? Drugs, gambling, alcohol, weed, what else? Abuse, poverty, fear of God, victimhood mentality. What else do you want to put? Every family has it. But eventually somebody has to change it. So for you, this whole word about will and want, what word are you using? Were you afraid to do the video? Why are you afraid of the video? Because God forbid if you go on social media and you say, mark my word, my family will become financially free, and you post that, and you don't, then you delete it, but your friends and family sees it, and they laugh at you. You're afraid of being laughed at. So you play safe. You play safe. You don't want to go to these gatherings. My dad told three of our friends that would come to our house. He called them Gordo. Anybody knows what Gordo is? I know for a fact Eduardo knows what Gordo is, right? Meaning he's Hispanic. Those of you guys that don't speak Spanish, you know what it means. What does Gordo mean? Can you tell me what Gordo means? Fat is what it means. So three friends come. He calls them Gordo. I'm like, Dad, you can't talk to people like this. He says, but he's a Gordo. Look at his pants. It's going to rip. Look at his ass. I said, Dad, you can't talk to people like that. You can't. That's not appropriate. It's called how to win friends and influence people. I'm not trying to win friends. He's heavy. He needs to lose weight. <laughs> no joke. Okay? So I finally convinced my dad to stop doing it. But the three people he said that to, one of them was a guy named Tony, one of them was a guy named Saul, and one of them was a guy named George Palayo. So now watch. Watch this. The first one... The first time my dad called him Gordo, he never showed up to the house ever again because he was afraid my dad was going to call him Gordo. Do you know today, from the first time my dad called him Gordo to today, he's 90 pounds heavier. Then when my dad called him that, and at that time he would have been considered skinny, he's 90 pounds heavier on top of that. He didn't like the truth. 
The other one stayed the same size. Palayo lost 40 pounds, did multiple 26-mile marathons. He changes lives. He changes habits. There's nothing about Palayo when you look at him, you say, Gordo. Matter of fact, the fact that I even said that word to you guys, some of you guys are saying, what are you talking about? I've never seen Palayo be, have some weight. But he had some 10, 15 years ago. What did George do? He changed it. He didn't run away from it, right? This is the difference between will and want. This is the difference between you sitting there saying, one day we're going to win, mommy. One day we're going to win, daddy. One night my dad and I were at a Christmas party, and I'm 25, 26 years old, and one of the guys that my dad helped them out were hanging out. This is at a Glendale Hills area, and the guy starts joking about my dad. And you guys, if you know me, I have a reputation for not having a temper. I'm always very calm. But I'm looking at this guy, and I'm seeing he's talking to my dad in an interesting way. And I, I'm like, by the way, he's 30 years my senior, 35 years my senior. I said, I'm sorry, you don't talk to my dad like that. He said, what do you mean? It's just a joke. I don't like that joke. I just don't like that joke. I said, Dad, we're leaving. My dad's like, no, we're not. I said, I'm your right. You're leaving. We're not leaving. This is a Christmas party. Don't embarrass me in front of my family. I said, Dad, we're leaving. I'm not going to tolerate this kind of stuff. You, they think we're a joke just because you got a divorce and just because what? They got a degree? Bullshit. I'm not going to tolerate this. Let's go. We're not leaving. We're leaving. We're not leaving. Dad, we're leaving. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We left. Every single word you can think about, I use on that entire drive home. Here's a promise I made my dad. At that, that time, I'm not making six weeks. I'm making $50,000 a year. I said, Dad, they're going to have to kill me. The world's going to know your last name. I guarantee you the world's going to know your last name. The world's going to know what you did for this family when you left Iran. FYI, I sat Paulette there, I sat Siamak there, and I looked at both of them and I said, the world's going to know our last name. The world's going to know who we are. Ask the story from Paulette and my dad, they'll tell you how, what this moment was. That's a declaration. You know what my dad said when I said that? Here's what my dad said. Here you go again dreaming. Here you go. We're regular family. We're not. Stop saying that. We're not a regular family. We're Bet Davis. We're not a regular family. I don't want to believe this. By the way, you ought to talk about your last name the same exact way. You ought to get up and say, Bruno Castillo, this is not a regular last name. Okafor is not a regular last name. Palayo is not a regular last name. You ought to have that pride with your own family. All of you. And by the way, I didn't say this when I was a millionaire. I said this when I was making 50 a year. It doesn't matter if I say it today. No one cares. What matters is when I said it when I was 22, when I was a nobody. I didn't have a follower on social media. There was no value to I didn't have 100 bucks in my account. Nothing at that time. Going back to you. Last night I told you, George put this entire meeting together for who? You. And only you. Yes, say it again. George put this meeting together for me. This is my meeting. My life's going to change. Your life's going to change. you got to make that decision leaving this place. So no more want. Moving forward. Everybody around you, that's your blood. That's your family. That's in your base shop. That's on your team. Every time they use the word want, change it. Stop them right there. Can I challenge you? Yes. Let's change that word to will. Change it to will. I will. We will. We will. I will. It's, it's a powerful word. It's a very powerful word. And this leads me into my PowerPoint today. So every family, every country, every organization, every church, anything you look at, if you see this organization go from 
regular, no one's paying attention to, to boom, blowing up, you will find a leader in that organization. I guarantee you. Go look for the leader. I don't care what's going on. I'm interested to know who that leader is in that family, in that organization. Billy Graham is struggling. What do I do? Do I go on this crusade? Do I go on this campus crusade? Do I do this? He starts questioning. Does God exist? There's this one lady that everybody would go to her place, and she would work with you. She did this with so many major pastors. He goes away to the forest. It's having all these challenges. Comes back. It's around 1959. Goes on a crusade. The guy baptizes 210 million people. Did you guys hear what I just said? He went to Korea. One and a half million people came to listen to this man speak. He doesn't speak Korean. If you type in on your phone, Billy Graham, Korea, speech, look at the picture. It makes zero sense on what this guy did. One man, 210 million people. How did he do it? In 2003, November, he came and spoke in uh, Pasadena at the uh, Rose Bowl. It was November 13th through the 16th, 14th through the 17th. And I went every day except for Saturday because it was BOM. And I would go just to hear him speak. Rick Warren was speaking. Everybody was speaking, but I wanted to hear this man speak. And we, he would give this message. And every time protesters would be there, and he would let everybody, this man's a con. He's a con man. He would pause. He wouldn't say nothing. He says, you have to hear that because that's going to be your battle for the rest of your life. I'm not going to stop him. He's a con man. How does that make you feel? Guess what? Even with all of that, God still believes and loves that person right there. Do you know how awkward that moment is for that person? How can he have that kind of unconditional love? He changed a flipping generation or two. Your family is looking for one person right now. If it's not you... Maybe it's going to be another 20, 40, 60, 80 years until somebody becomes a swan leader. But somebody will show up. If you don't do it, someone will show up. It just may be in the next 100 or 200 years. But I will tell you, if you decide to be this person, you don't just impact positively your own kids' lives. It's your nephew. It's your niece. It's your great-grandkids. It's your great-grand-niece, nephew, uncles, pop, mom, siblings, peers, they shop, hierarchy, industry, community, church, everybody. One leader changes the face of everything. So now, we had the Super Bowl. You had two faces. How many guys watch the Super Bowl? How many guys watch the Super Bowl? How many guys were rooting for this guy, Matt Stafford, when he wanted? Yes? All right, good for you, because I wasn't. But Matthew Stafford, okay? One guy comes in. Here's his numbers. MVP of Captain One Bowl in 09. Drafted number one overall pick in 09. Highest paid guy in 17. Never won a playoff game until this year. Was traded to the Rams from Detroit in 2021, and he wins the Super Bowl. This next guy, Joe Burrow. I think I was rooted for this guy. Yes? All right. I like this guy. I really like this guy. And I'm going to explain to you why I like this guy. I'm going to explain to you why I like this guy. Just give you some of his stats, okay? Heisman 2019, national champion, drafted number one, gets injured his first year as a rookie. I bought $100,000 worth of his rookie cards when he got hurt, and I'll explain to you why. Contract $36 million, $9 million a year. In football, it's not a lot because Pat Mahomes just got a half a billion dollar contract for 10 years. When, when he got his half a billion dollar contract, you know what he did a month later? He bought the Kansas City Royals is what he did. As a 22-year-old, he became an owner of the Royals. First time in the history of sports where a guy got a contract and bought a baseball team. Okay? 
So what does this mean to you? Some of you guys think making a million is a lot of money right now. 5, 10, 15, 20 years, there's going to be people making 10, 20, 30 per year in this industry. Remember when I said this to you, by the way, and don't be shocked when that happens. It's called math. It's called math. People who were doing 50 bucks a month going to start doing 100 bucks a month, going to start doing $200 a month, going to start doing 400, 1,000, 2,000, 2,000 a month is not going to be a big deal. Very soon, $2 million policies are going to be the norm. That's what's going to change. Now watch this. How many guys love LeBron James? Make some noise if you love LeBron James. All right. How many guys, be honest. How many guys just clapped because some other people clapped? Be honest. How many guys, okay, thank you. I actually appreciate that. Actually clap if you really like LeBron James. Okay, cool. All right. How many guys clap if you actually don't like LeBron James? I, I think... The like is ahead of the dislike. Is that a fair assessment? I want to show you a video. Let's for a minute become analysts. Is it okay if you become an analyst? We're going to become a nonprofit analyst for about a minute here, right? So I'm going to show you this video. LeBron James, they're playing against the Milwaukee Bucks. They lose. Giannis scores 50 points in that game, all right? Anthony Davis is sitting right next to him. The interviewer asks him a question. Can you be as good as Milwaukee Bucks? You have to see what he says here. If you don't mind, play that video for me, Teek. Watch this. Does it hit different in the sense of what? It's coming. Does it tell you something deeper about your team compared to... Yeah, it tells us we ain't, we ain't on their level. I mean, I probably I've told you that before the game started. Do you think you can reach listen, that level? Listen, listen. Where they are right now? Um, I don't know. Um... Do I think we can reach the level where Milwaukee is right now? Um, no. Is that what you, that what Pause. you want to hear me? Pause. Okay, let's turn the lights back on. What do you think about his answer? Is what? Okay, who likes his answer? Raise your hand. Who likes his answer? Raise your hand. Okay. Who doesn't like his answer? Raise your hand. Tell me why you like his answer. Because it's what? It's honest. It's honest. Okay. Now, tell me why you didn't like his answer. All right. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Say I call out Okafor. Okay. I know he wouldn't say that. You said Kobe would never say that. Kobe would never say that. Now watch this. Watch this. Say I tell Palayo. Palayo. We're at an event in front of 15,000 people, Palayo's sitting here, and you guys just lost MVP to TGA and MSM. And I ask, so George, I'm just curious, uh, do you think you guys have what it takes to compete with uh, uh, MSM and, and TGA? And George says, no. So what does no mean? He didn't say, if we Ba, ba, ba. The answer was just what? No. So let me get this straight. So imagine, imagine I'm one of his teammates, and we lost that night, and I'm embarrassed, and I watched that answer. Why should I come to practice early the next day? Imagine you're George's team, somebody gives an answer like that. Why should you come in the next day and make more calls? Why should you do that? What inspires you to want to do that? What, what fires you up to do that? There's nothing about because. The answer no means you cannot change. This, this is a guy, if you go investigate my story of high school, junior high school, and military, you will get more confident. 
about your dreams becoming a reality. Because the one thing I fully believe in is people can change. I believe in that. That is the one thing I fully believe in. I believe people can change, right? Now watch this. We talked about Joe Burrow. I want to show you guys a game of three years ago. Four, yeah, three years ago, I think. He's in a Fiesta Bowl. In this Fiesta Bowl, you have to watch this. And look at people's reaction when you see how this guy gets hit. Joe goes back. He looks around. He throws the ball. The guy intercepts it. He's running back for a touchdown. They're going to be down 14-3 to in the first quarter. Joe runs to tackle this guy. 320-pound guy comes from the side, jumps in with the shoulder, bam, levels his throwing arm, and Joe's legs, you're going to see it slow motion, his legs are above his head when he hits the ground. And you see him on the ground with the reaction, then I want you to see what happens afterwards. Tikhov, you can play this clip. Watch this. It's about to happen. Watch. Watch. Boom. You'll see it again. Come back. These guys are thinking they're winning it. They're taunting on Joe. Look at this, taunting. Look how he got hit. You'll see it twice again. He can't breathe. 320 pounds hits him. Watch this. Shoulder in. Boom. You're throwing arm. Legs up. Head hits the ground. They're down 14-3. Now watch what he does. Now it's 14-10. Here's some pressure from UCF. Picked up nicely. Throw across the middle. Floated in there for Dillon. Down the sideline. Derek Dillon for the 17-14. A play that looked like nothing turns into something. A 49-yard touchdown. And LSU back on top. Keep watching. Watch out who gets hit in the helmet here. Look at the helmet hit. Boom! Kyle Gibson got the free shot on Burrow. That was the worst loss for LSU. It was shut out by Bama, 29 to nothing. Watch this. Another one. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Justin Jefferson. What a throw by Joe Burrow. Second touchdown catch. That one's good for 33 yards. Where's the taunting? All the people talking smack, they left. And just to finish it off, here's another one. Boom! Okay, so now watch. You watch. How's it make you feel, by the way? How's it make you feel? FYI, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Do you guys realize what happened after this game? Do you know in college, after this game, he never lost another game in college ever? They went next year to beat Alabama the following year. He became a national champion. People realize who this guy was all about. The kicker in this conversation isn't what you just saw. It's when he gets hit on the ground, the guy's above him talking smack. What's he thinking in that moment? That's all I care about. All I care about is you're down on the ground. You're like this. Guy is screaming. You're thinking your exes, your friends, everybody who hates you just saw you on national television getting crushed and they're celebrating. Oh, they got, did you see it, bro? They got his ass. They got his ass. Man, you know he's not going to come back from that. And he stands up. 
takes the heat, comes back and wins the flipping game. Everybody in the NFL looked at it and said, who the hell is this guy? Who is this guy? Do you know in the Super Bowl, he's going around talking to the, uh, talking to the opponent. You know what he was saying to everybody? He says, hi, I'm Joe. Hi, hey, Vaughn, I'm Joe. Good to meet you. Love the way you play. And Vaughn is like, who talks like this? Hi, hey, I've been following your career. Your I'm a big fan of your game. I'm Joe. We know who you are. You're in the Super Bowl. Hi, I'm Joe. Hi, I'm Joe. Now watch. They're interviewing this guy four months ago. It's a 34-second clip I want you to watch. Four months ago, they're interviewing this guy, and they asked him the following question. Hey, Joe, if somebody would have told you three years ago that you're going to win the starting job, you're going to win the Heisman, you're going to win the national championship, you're going to be selected first in the draft, and you're going to go in the Super Bowl or the playoffs, would you have believed me? Remember how I showed you the LeBron video earlier? Listen to the answer this guy gives. Tico, if you can play that clip. Joe, if I had told you two seasons ago that you were going to win the starting job, you were going to beat Bama, you were going to win a Heisman, you were going to be in the playoffs, you would have said what to me? I would have believed you. you know, I, know, I know the work that I put in up to that point, and I just felt like I needed an opportunity. And I knew the kind of players that, that were here, and, and Coach O sold me on a vision, and you know, I knew the work that we had put in this offseason, so we totally expected to be in this position. Pause it. Pause it. Pause it. Okay. How sick is that, by the way? What was his answer? What was his answer? I would have what? I would have believed you based on three things, maybe four things. Based on what? Number one, the work ethic. Number two, the vision the coach sold us. Number three, the teammates. The teammates, Right? That is a leader you want to follow. That's why they call him Joe Cool, Joe Shiesty. He wore one glasses in one of the interviews. Those glasses sold out within six hours because everybody would want to find those glasses. This is what you call a guy that everybody wants to play for. Do you know who's the guy that just retired? Who's the greatest NFL player that ever uh, played that retired? Tom Brady. Who was his favorite running mate that he played the last 10, 12 years with? Gronkowski. They asked Gronkowski, hey, it's your last year. What are you doing? He said, I will only come back to the NFL next year to play for one guy, and that's Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Why would he say that? Because that's the only thing he relates to. The only man he knows to play for is who? Brady. The only guy I think that is close to this guy is a Brady. I'll play for that guy. Do you know everybody in the offseason is texting right now to their agent saying, I want to play for the Bengals. I'll take a cut. I'll take a discount. I just want to play with this guy because I think this guy's going to win a Super Bowl. Do you guys know in the Super Bowl? No one, no one except for Roger Staubach had been sacked seven times in a Super Bowl. He's the only other guy. They destroyed this guy, almost broke his leg. He still almost won the game. One leader. So what makes this one leader so unique? What do these guys have in common? Attitude. I don't like LeBron's attitude. That's simple. I love Kobe's attitude. I love Michael's attitude. I don't like LeBron's attitude. FYI, LeBron has more God-given abilities than both of those guys. He's taller. He's bigger. He's stronger. He jumps. He runs. He sprints. He's a great three-point shooter. Terrible attitude. I don't like his attitude. You liked Jordan's attitude. They say, hey, Jordan. Do you consider yourself the greatest of all time? He says, that's not for me to say. 
because it's unfair to Will Chamberlain. I never played against him. It's unfair for me to say that I never played against Jerry West. I never played against Kurt, uh, Bill Russell. I never played against these guys. But you have to put me in the conversation because I think during this era, I've proven myself that I'm in that argument. How do you not like a guy like that? There's something unique about that attitude, right? Joe has the attitude. These guys have the attitude. They got there because their attitude. We just recently fired somebody. And we had a meeting with this guy. And the conversation was very simple. You know, he's insurance, all the stuff that he's doing. And I'm talking to this guy and I said, look, you have to realize there's one thing that's very clear about you. We're very patient with you. It's been many years. But your attitude has never changed. It's been the same. And it's not attractive. The reason why you keep losing friends, family members, you're broke, your relationship don't work out, you keep losing jobs. You've had 30 jobs the last 12 years. It is not the 30 companies' fault. It's not your ex's fault. It's not your friend's fault. It's your attitude. It's not attractive. It pushes people away. You know what's the craziest thing about attitude? It forgives people. You become forgiven. Why? Because people will look at you and they'll, how many guys have no clue how an annuity works? Raise your hand. Raise your hand for like, dude, if I, if, if I ask you to come on stage right now and teach us about an annuity, you're like, dude, I would screw that, that thing up. How many guys, there's no way you know how an annuity works. Okay, great. But you know what happens? Here's what happens. You sit in front of a client. Client asks you, so I've heard about this annuity thing. What do you know about it? And you say, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not an expert in that area, but I do work with a team of experts. But I would do nothing. I'd be more than glad to get the best person to help answer all your questions for you. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. They're like, this guy, I just asked him a buying question. He knows nothing about annuities. But man, I love his honesty and his attitude. Freaking amazing. Everybody lies. I'd love to talk to the team of experts. Attitude allows people to forgive your lack of knowledge and they're patient with you. An unattractive attitude, no one's going to forgive you. Because at least I can drop down and say, I like this guy's attitude. I bought a car the other day. Jennifer and I, we go to this dealership, okay? We go in and this guy comes up and I'm looking at this guy and he walks like this and it's me, Jen, Papa, Senna, Dylan Tico and Brooklyn. So Jen's uh, uh, nursing the baby in the back and we go into this Porsche dealership for her birthday she wanted to think about buying a Cayenne. So we go in and I walk in and I see this GT3 Porsche 992, oh my God, purple, gorgeous. And I go in and I'm just wearing regular clothes and this guy with a blue shirt, Perfect here, Caucasian, about 6'1". And the kids decide to play tag. In the dealership, they're playing tag. Are these your kids? Yes. Can you tell me how much this Porsche is right here? Are these your kids? How much is this Porsche? It says $224,000 on the ticket. Yes, but you have to add another one twenty-five because it's a limited edition car. I said, can I get a key to sit inside of it to see if I fit? I don't have the keys. Our powers are down. I said, oh. Sir, can you please tell your kids to calm down, please? Now, don't get me wrong. He's got a point because Senna was like a mess. And, and, but, but still, there's a way of saying it. So I said, look, my wife would like to take a look at a Cayenne. We're all sold out. We don't have anything in inventory. You have to wait six months. So there's zero effort. So I'm like, can you show it to me anyways? At this point, I'm getting a little annoyed. He says, yes, follow me. So I follow him. I'm like, I just want to trip the guy real quick. I'm like, let me just trip this guy. You know, I'm like, follow me. It's like, 
I'm like, that's like 12 years old. I'm not going to do that. So I follow him because I have to set a good example for these kids. So I follow him. But in my mind, I tripped him. I swear to God, in my mind, he fell. It's pretty bad. So I follow him. And we go in. And I see the car. And he says, this is the car. And I said, uh, can, I, uh, uh, can, I, can we sit inside of it? I told you we're sold out. Can you check to see if this one's sold out? Yes, I'll be back. So he goes into the other showroom. Oh, my God. And then so I go, I'm, I'm trying to see if this is a cultural thing. So from this clerk, how are you? Very good. How are you? Fantastic. Where are you from? Romania. Oh, no way. When I was in Germany at refugee camp, I spent a lot of time with Romanians. Yes, we were all trying to get away from that socialism bullshit that they're trying to sell here in America. Can you believe it? I'm like, I love you. You're so amazing. So her and I are like, this lady's awesome in her late 50s, early 60s. And we're like having a great conversation together. Then I look at this guy. He's talking to these two girls over there in the other lot through glasses. It's been 10 minutes now. He hasn't come back. So I go like this. What are you doing? So he's like, and he comes to me. I was answering questions. I said, that was a 10-minute answer? Is that what it was? This car is available. And then Jen walks in with Brooklyn. I said, baby, go ahead and sit in this car, see if you like it. So I'm watching how he's talking to Jen. Oh, my gosh. Guys, he's driving me nuts at this point. So she sits in the car. Senna gets in. And the top window, they open up. You know, the top, what do you call it, sunroof stuff? And she goes on the center, what do you call it, center council? Center, what is it? And she goes like this. And I'm like, oh, keep doing it. Just go like this. Scratch that car, right? And she's jumping. Sir, tell your daughter to stop. I'm like, Senna, please stop. Please stop, Senna. Thank you, Senna. So she gets down and she says, he says, did that answer your question for you? I said, yeah. I said, babe, let's go. I would never buy a car from this guy. I look at him. I'm like, never buy a car from you. So we leave. So walking and she's like, babe, let's just go to the Miami dealership. I said, okay. We're walking. I see this Audi. QS8, black 2022. I'm like, oh, my baby, look how sick this car is. Baby, this thing looks good. I always liked Audis. So I go inside. I said, hey, is that Audi for sale? It is. Can, uh, can I take a look at it? Sure. Let me get a salesperson for you. They call the salesperson. And I see a guy. You ever seen like uh, in these movies, slow motion, where the, the, you know, like, you know, what, what's that movie? Couples Retreat, where the guy comes up, you know, what's his name? Do it. Come on. You know what I'm talking about, right? So this guy shows up, and he's walking. He walks like this. Hey, papi, how can I help you? Right? I'm like, papi, where are you from? Puerto Rico. I said, okay. How big is your family? I got four kids. I said, uh, is this thing for sale? Yeah. Mommy, you want to drive it? So now he's talking to Jen. Yeah. Mommy, come with me. Let's go. Let me see your ID. So... He's calling me, Papi. He's calling her mommy. He gets the key. He says, let me just see your license. He gets the license. Here's the key. Just go for it. He says, you're not going to come with me? No, take the car. Jane gets in the car, leaves by herself. So I start talking to this guy. I said, what's your story? He says, ah, I was living in L.A. I've always been in a restaurant business, but my wife didn't like the fact that I was coming home at 2 o'clock. She didn't know what I was doing. She said, you got to come a little early, so I went into car sales. And I came over here. I said, so tell me about the portion side. The GT3. Oh, the GT3? Oh, what about it? He said $125,000 markup. I'm not paying a number like that. He said, I, I wanted to send inside, but he couldn't get the keys. He says, let me see what I can do. He goes. Jen's still test driving. He comes back. He says, he's right. The power's out. But, Papi, I went to the owner's office. I got the key. Don't worry about it. We're going to go inside of it. <laughs> so, great. So, Jen comes. 
She gets out of the car, and Jen doesn't have a poker face. So I'm like, I ask an open-ended question, like I shouldn't ask. I said, how'd you like the car? <laughs> She's trying to say, babe, I don't like it, but I... I'm like, okay. So he leaves. I said, Papi, can you give me a minute? He walks away. I said, babe, how'd you like the car? Babe, I don't like it. I love it. I want this car. She's never reacted this way before. And by the way, I haven't bought a car from a dealership in 15 years because of the other German guy I dealt with. That's why I don't go to dealerships. I buy my brokers, send me cars. I don't go to dealerships. But I like this puppy guy. <laughs> I like him a lot. So what do I do? I said, uh, okay, what do you want to do? He says, come in. Hey, what's your final price on this? Papi, you know, I have to make money with this. I said, listen, this is the number. I call my guy. He says, this is the number. Let me go talk to the owner. He goes inside. You buy right now. I give it to you for this much. Then I, then I go inside. I'm like, what's this one? Oh, Papi, that's the RSQ8. That's the 600 horsepower Lamborghini engine. That's the R8 of SUVs. This goes 0 to 60 in 3.6 seconds. I said, tell me your number on this. We never sat inside of it, never test drove it, never looked at anything, never opened the door. He says, let me talk to the owner. comes back. I said, I'll buy it. He looks at me. He's like, you don't want to think about it? No, no, I'll buy it. Okay, papi, let's go. <laughs> so so yeah, I'm following him. I said, but I got five minutes. No problem, papi. Just come and sign this stuff. So I go to him. I sign this stuff. I leave. And I sit in the GT3 car. Freaking amazing. Because I barely fit in this SF90. So I fit in this car. Ridiculous. So we leave. The next day, he calls me because he's got to bring the car. I said, I don't want you to bring the car without a bow. He says, no problem. So he's on his way. I text him, did you get the bow? Oh, papi, I forgot. Let me see what I can do. He texts me back. I called everywhere. They don't have a bow. I said, in two minutes, you called everywhere. So I called him. I said, don't bring the car. I said, first of all, your customer service there sucks. And I had a moment. He says, papi, what do you mean sucks? I did everything for you. Tell me why it sucks. Everything you've asked me, I've done for you. I said, don't bring the car without a bow. Okay, Papi, let me see what I can do. Okay, hangs up. Text me five minutes. Later, I found the biggest white ball. I'm bringing it. I said, great. So the car's just up with the bow. Now he's confused. He's like, why is this guy upset at me? I did everything for the guy. So he comes in the house. He says, hey, Papi, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why did you say my customer service sucks? I did everything for you. I said, uh-huh. I said, when we walked in, there was another guy. White guy, blondish hair, tall, 6'1", blue shirt. Oh, he says the name. He says, yeah. I said, that guy didn't help us out. He was disrespectful. I didn't like it. And the customer service sucked. And that's why I said the reputation sucks at this place. He says, but Papi, that's how he is. But now it makes sense. I said, why does it make sense? He says, because yesterday when you left, he came to my desk and he says, are those people buying a car? He says, yeah, I got the credit card. They're buying this RSQ. He says, they're buying that car? He says, yes. He was so upset. Now I understand why. I said, I bought the car from you simply because of your attitude. Period. And I referred him to John. Him and John are talking about another car right now. What's the moral of the story? Same dealership, same company, same car, same city, same location, same customer, two different attitudes. One guy made $5,000 commission. The other guy didn't make the commission. Why? Attitude. It's such a basic thing that we all can work on. Now, let me continue. Money, cash, dollar, gold. 1870, Ethereum, 29, Bitcoin, whatever the number is, attitude is priceless. You have a solid attitude, you're grateful, you're humble, you're coachable, you want to learn, you're working. I can guarantee you, you're going to win. At what level? I don't know, but you're going to win. You're going to win because people want to be around other people with great attitude.